Would you please warmly welcome my wife to the stage as she gives us the message. I got my youth group over here. Thank you guys. Front row in it for me. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Um, just shake it out a little bit because I know that sometimes meetings are just like, I mean, Blake did a pretty good job of not being like, wah, wah, wah. But <laughs> it can be. You can kind of zone out. So I want you to zone in because I've got something good for you guys this morning and something that God has been teaching me, something that I've been walking through. And so I'm going to be vulnerable with you, and I'm going to share some things that I'm walking through. But I'm also, I want you guys to open your hearts to what um, what I want to share with you this morning. And so um, <clears throat> before... Um, we came to Efreda, and I grew up in the Portland area, and so I was really in the music scene. I loved going to concerts, and um, I wanted to, like, find, you know, the next famous person before he, they were famous. So I was always, like, looking for all the new and upcoming artists to listen to. And um, when Blake and I were dating and, be, and newly married, we actually did a lot of con- – we went to a lot of concerts, and um, we loved new music. Well <sighs> – Kids changed all that. <laughs> so we started having kids, and um, now the only concerts I attend are performed by toddlers. Um, and the magical venue of our fireplace mantle, for some reason, that's just like their stage. <laughs> and they sing the infamous Baby Shark, do 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 do, Baby Shark. <laughs> and everybody, all the parents in the room, as adorable as it sounds, Um, It gets old real quick. (laughs) But I'm not sure um, I can think of something that's more um, just the delightful sounding than when my kids are singing. Um, We're pretty musical. Blake plays guitar. I play piano. And so we're always, we always have something going on in our house. And um, I just love hearing them sing. And especially when they're worshiping. So um, Zoe especially, she just loves to randomly sing. And she'll just randomly start singing worship songs as she's playing. And I just, oh, I love it. I love hearing that. And so um, I love music. Um, And most of my favorite songs are connected to, like, significant moments throughout my life. So, um, for instance, when I fully surrendered my life to Jesus, when I felt his tug on my heart and when I gave my life to him, there's a song that's connected to that that brings me back to that place. Or um, when, while I was dating Blake, we listened to the kooks a lot. Now everybody's going to go look up the kooks. But every time I hear them, I just remember that dating season. And then um, the song that I walked down the aisle to on our wedding day, that always just takes me back. And um, dancing in the kitchen with the kids, that's one thing that there's a couple songs. Yes, we have regular dance parties in our kitchen, and I highly recommend it. It's awesome. And but there's a couple songs that just take me back there to the to those moments. Um and there's just several songs that have helped me through some of the hardest seasons of my life. And so with each of these memories, there's there's just a song attached. Uh, I, am I the only one? No. And so I think that most of us could agree that there's something spiritual about music. Um it's it's beyond the physical. I mean, you when you listen to a song, it can transport you back to a different time, a different era. 
or when you're when you're watching a movie and it's starting to get really intense and the music is hyping up, you, your blood pressure goes up. It emits a physical response. Or when um, you know something really dramatic is happening and it just brings you to tears. That's the soundtrack. Some of these people are genius at writing music. <laughs> and it just music has an uncanny way of bringing back memories we thought were lost. I mean, how many times we like go to the grocery store or something, we hear a song from way back when, and then all of a sudden we're right back there in, in high school or in junior high where we first heard that song or where that song was popular. Uh, that's something that's beyond the physical, that's spiritual. And um, I think just music just has a way of, it can relax us, it can hype us up, um, get, get you pumped for a workout, you know, <clears throat> we have different playlists that we listen to for different moods we want to get in. And so did you know, um, and studies have proven this, Blake and I learned, I think it was last summer, that even in the late, latest stages of dementia, um, a patient with Alzheimer's still remembers music and can respond to familiar songs by smiling, dancing, or even singing along. That even when they don't remember who they are or who their family is, they can remember a song, that the music part of the brain um, still works, and music can ground them and bring them stability to chaos when, when they're in just a place of chaos and depression because they don't know what's going on. And so, like I said, music is just deeply connected to our physical and spiritual bodies. And so I love to worship. I love to worship. Um, worship is song form to my heart's cry. And so it's in worship that I've powerfully experienced the presence of God, where I've witnessed healing, where I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, where I've found purpose, where I've found identity. And um, when I worship, it just feels like uh, the things of the world and the things that I thought mattered or that are... Um, problems that are coming at me or things that I'm dealing with, it just kind of all fades into the background. And then what truly matters is what remains. And it's God. And it's as if I was made to do this when I'm worshiping. And it's because I was. We all were. We were all created by our creator to worship. And not just with song, but with our lives. But I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I want to I want to begin by reading Psalms together. So I don't think it's by accident that in this entire book of the Bible is worship. It's dedicated to worship. It's David's songs to God, and um, it's one of my favorite books because of that. But I wanted to read with you Psalm 63, and it'll be up on the screen also, one through five. You God are my God. I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, Ephrata, <clears throat> I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, and with singing lips my mouth will praise you. And so I don't, um, I know that there's different kinds of worship. So in Christianity, we talk about worship like as a genre of music 
or worship as what we did this morning as singing. And that is a form of worship, but I don't want to neglect that there's more to worship than just the singing part of it and the, and the praising part of it. Um, that we, we see when we hear the word worship, we think of singing songs in a corporate setting. Um, but in the Bible, it refers to more than, more than that. And so I just want to touch on those. Um, and so Hebrews 13 talks about two kinds of worship. And so the first one, so it says Hebrews, 5, Hebrews 15, sorry, 13, verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of the lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for, such, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. And so worship is um, kind of, there's a vertical worship, so there's the worship of our lips and raising our hands and jumping and clapping and the worship that kind of emits um, in a kind of a physical way. Um, and it's acts of praise, of adoration, of repentance. And it's not forced. It's not coerced. Um, it's, it's a natural outpouring because of who God is and what he's done for us. And so worship in this sense is the purest expression of appreciation to God for the very breath in our lungs, for sending Jesus to die for us so that we could be in right relationship with him, for the things that he has saved us from. And so um, there's a vertical worship and then there's a horizontal worship. And this is just kind of like my language for it. I'm sure there's probably, I could have researched something better, but this is what I found. (laughs) So horizontal worship is acts of love toward people, toward the creation that God made toward those that he loves. So this is serving others. This is loving on others. This is sharing Jesus with others and evangelizing and um, helping them come into the family of faith. And so um, so there's two kinds. Does that kind of make sense? So the one that I want to focus on today is vertical worship, and especially in this setting of corporate worship and, uh, and the singing together in church. And so um, I do want to note, though, that Hebrews oh, Hebrews refers to both as sacrifices. So he, it first says a sacrifice of praise, and then with, and then when after do good and share with others, it's a sacrifice God is pleased with. And so it's not it doesn't come naturally necessarily. <laughs> it's something that we give we have to surrender to, and um, it's. Sometimes it asks something of us. Most times it asks something of us. If it's a sacrifice, then something we need to give up something. So if it's a sacrifice of praise, what are we giving up? Or if it's a sacrifice of love for others, to serve others. So there's something there. I just wanted to note that. Um, so then, why do we worship? Isaiah 43. So Blake has been talking a, a little bit about... Um, last week he talked about service to the world is the third root. And, um, so that's kind of the horizontal piece. Um, but then Isaiah 43, so our church is kind of going into a new season. Um, we're desert church now. And as we were praying about this, um, God really brought us to Isaiah 43, especially verses 19 through 21, um, as just kind of a, a prophetic word over our church. 
Um, but it also tells us why we were created in verse 21. And so let's read it together. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. We were created to worship our creator. There's something within us, if you really search yourself, there's something within each and every one of us that longs to look to and revere something greater than ourselves. We know there's something more. And that's because we were created that way. We were created with this longing for a creator. And so A.W. Tozer says this um, in this book also, by the way, if you need some good worship reading material, this is really good. It's called Worship, and it's by A.W. Tozer. And in it, he says this. God made us to worship. That is why we were created. Everything has a reason for being here. And we have this reason, that we might worship the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And we sinned and lost the glory and fell, and the light went out in our hearts. And we stopped worshiping God and set our affections on things below. But God sent his only begotten Son, And he sits at the right hand of the majesty in the heavens in order that he might restore us again to worship. He redeems us that we might worship worship again and that we might take our place again, even on earth with the angels and in heaven and the beasts and the living creatures, that we might feel in our hearts and express in our own way that humbling but nevertheless delightful sense of admiring awe and astonished wonder and overwhelming love. I love that. In the presence of that ancient mystery, that unspeakable majesty, that ancient of days. And so this teaches us something also. If we were created to worship, then worship isn't about us. And I, it's, it's funny because I, I love to worship and I love to lead worship and I love to sing. Um, but I don't come to church every Sunday excited to worship. <laughs> it's um, especially like mornings like this morning. I'm getting four little kids ready and myself, and I'm trying to get everybody fed and out the door and in the car, and it's just nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> it's literally the grace of God that I get here, and, um, and so it's not. It's not something. That always comes naturally. I barely make it here, and then I just like have to jump in and be like, okay. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it does come naturally. But more times than not, church, it's something that I need to step into, and I, it's a conscious decision I make. And I'll give you some tips on what I do to do that in a minute. But there are just times throughout the week when I feel down. And if I'm being honest, I have been walking through a really hard season. This season has been really hard on me. I feel um, defeated most days. I don't, I just feel, um, I just feel like I am a little bit lost. And the last thing I want to do is worship. But I know that my soul needs it. And so I put on my mama's worship playlist. That's what it's called. 
And I let it wash over me until I believe it. And I think the enemy wants me to separate myself from worship. And it's been a little bit hard to get into worship at home because it's the thing that grounds me. And it's the thing that brings me back to reality. And when I'm having a pity party, woe is me. I have to do all these things. I'm stuck here. All the, all the thoughts that come. Worship is what refocuses me on what matters. And that what I'm doing matters. And that my babies matter. And that this is something that's a kingdom reality. Not necessarily what I see. And I, I'm preaching to myself just as much, you guys. Really, like this is something I am currently walking through, but I can't not share it, even though I'm so, it's something I'm experiencing because I want it for you too. It's not just for me, and it's not just for people who find it natural to worship. I honestly think that there's something here that we were created for this, and that the more that we worship, the easier it becomes to get into that place where you're communing with God and where you're lifting him up and where you see you see a little bit from above, if that makes sense. You're not so stuck in it when you're worshiping. You're not in the weeds. You, you, it brings you up to a place where you can see a little bit better. And, um, and so I play my playlist at home and I just let it wash over me. And sometimes it's the same song over and over. Lately, it's been Firm Foundation, that new song we did this morning. Um, and I just sing it until I believe it. Did you know that you can sing things into being? That you can sing yourself into faith when you might not have any? Or conversely, you can sing yourself into depression. There's lots of songs out there to help with that. I'm serious. And it's easy to turn to those songs because, oh, they know what I'm feeling like I, I can, you know, be angry when I'm listening to this song or I can, I can have my pity party when I'm listening to this song. But that's why we switch it to worship because then it gets you where you need to be instead of in this place of, of where we're looking at ourselves. It's so inward focused when we need to turn outward. And so... I'm not immune to the pain and the hurt we experience in life, guys. And I'm not immune. I'm not the perfect mom. I'm not the perfect housewife. I am doing my best, okay? <laughs> and I'm giving it what I can. But the truth is, I need worship. Because sometimes all I can do is sing something over and over and over until it resonates in my bones. Because it's the truth and I need it to live. And worship does that. And so sometimes I just proclaim, rain came, wind blew, and my house was built on you, and I'm safe with you, I'm gonna make it through. And I just sing it over and over, over and over until I believe it. And I, something happens in my spirit that I can't see. But my faith is being built. And so worship, yes, it isn't about us. But it does something to us. And it can shift your mindset. It can shift your perspective on the world. It can push you into your destiny. Or conversely, out of it. 
I, I don't have a problem with secular music. Obviously, I was telling you I, I go to concerts or I loved to go to concerts before kids. And and it's fun. Like, it's good music is good music. But there's something different about worship that cleanses you and heals you. It can break curses. It can literally physically heal you. It can heal your spirit. It changes you. It lets you hear God. And it lets God hear us. Sometimes I just sing psalms or because I can relate to them. Or I just sing out something that's like hurting me or something I'm going through. Because I know God hears me. And then I respond with gratitude because I see how God is working in it. Something happens. There's always a shift when I begin when I begin my time with God or when I begin this worship with like, oh God, this is all the stuff that's going on and it's just so hard and I can't, I can't. Then God says, but I can. And he begins to tell me. And this is just stuff that like I've experienced or he, he tells me, no, but I am enough. I can do this. Give it to me. Worship leads to Gratitude. Like I just said, I I start worshiping and I'm like, thank you, God, for all that you've done for me. Worship builds your faith. It leads to faith. And worship also leads to repentance. So there's something that happens when we are faced with our holy God and our holy creator. And we, and this, the sweet conviction of the Holy Spirit comes and is like, hey, I want to be closer to you. But there's something in the way. And it's not because I want to embarrass you or because I'm pointing it out and I'm telling you, look at you, look at what you did. It's because I want to be closer to you, says God. And I can't get closer to you because there's sin in the way. I can't be near sin. And so when he shows us something, it's not as a, yeah, as a bad little boy or little girl. It's, hey, this is blocking me. And I need, I need, I need you to give it up so that I can get closer to you. And that happens in worship. And so I don't, I don't think worship is reserved for the musically talented. I get, I get like, um, not having musical ability and how that can make you self-conscious or maybe, um, it just isn't for you. I've heard before, but honestly, I feel like there is for everyone something in worship. I feel like you're missing something if you feel that way or if that's like your attitude toward it. And I want that for you. And so I, you don't need to feel close to Jesus. You don't need to feel like it. God deserves our, play, our praise regardless. And you don't need musical ability. I, I understand that you're like, okay, yeah, coming from you, like you sing and play piano. But I mean it. <laughs> it's, if you still are moved by movies and by cinema and by music, then you can be moved by worship. And so I, I don't know if you all remember Grandma Mary, but she would sit right here in the front row every week. And um, when she first moved with us, I'm not going to lie, and I heard her worship, I was like, whoa, (laughs) she cannot carry a tune. (laughs) It's more of like, um, more of like a a kid yelling. (laughs) It was a joyful noise. That's, I like that. (laughs) Joyful noise. Um, But she was always here, always hands out and worshiping, because did she care that she couldn't sing? No, she did not. 
Did she care about the people sitting around her? No, she did not. Because it wasn't about them. And it wasn't about her. She knew who she was worshiping. And she worshiped regardless. And I grew to love worshiping next to Grandma Mary. Because no matter what was going on, and even the things that I knew about and things I didn't know about, without fail, she was there worshiping. Because like I said, she knew who she was worshiping. Yeah. And that he deserved all of her praise and all of whatever she had to give. And so I've spoken to a lot of people about the topic of, of worship. And I feel like the um, the response that I get is that worship makes them uncomfortable, especially corporate worship. Um, and so, and I get that. Um, but what do you th- what do you think we're going to be doing for eternity? <laughs> I know this sounds harsh. I don't know how to sugarcoat it. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I let's let's read Revelation to see what we're going to be doing for eternity. All right, Revelation five eleven says. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand, a lot. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders, and in a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive the power and the wealth and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be the praise and the honor and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen, right? And so so A.W. Tozer also wrote, um, and I don't have this one, but he said, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. <laughs> I know, right? But I felt like I just needed to say it. Because, like I said, if if worship is a turnoff for you, if worship is uncomfortable, I feel like there's something you need to push past. Because there's something in it for you. There is. And and then it's not, it's that what's in it for you is residual. Because it's about God first. So it's about getting out of the way. And then what happens when you go into true worship where you're just in awe of God and all that he's done and who he is, then it affects you and it does something to you and to your spirit. And so I get that sometimes it's really hard to focus during worship because our thoughts are excellent wanderers. And I am not immune to this, you guys. Okay. I literally, sometimes I start worship and I'm like, okay, here I am singing and am I doing it right? And I look around uh, what do, am I supposed to be feeling something? They're, they're crying or they're, I, I don't know. Am I supposed to be feeling something? Oh shoot. I forgot to put lunch in the oven. Am I the only one? We do this. And so, and this happens, I feel like more during worship because I think the enemy doesn't want us to worship. I think we just start, our minds start wandering because we're not focused on anything. And so it, you are not alone. You are not alone. But here's these, here's the thing. All of these questions and all of these, these thoughts, they're all self-focused. So, if, like I said earlier, we can turn our attention away from ourselves. We can begin to truly worship. 
So here's some things that I do, and it doesn't have to be, this is just some like practical things, because as I was praying about it, I felt like I'd say just share some things that you do, because people need help with this. <laughs> so here's some things that I do. So if I feel stuck, and I come, so even, honestly, even this morning, I got, I got all the kids ready. I got here, which is a win. And now I've got to speak. All right. <laughs> so what do I do? I take a minute and I think about all of the things that God has done for me. And I just start with gratitude. I just start, I start with my babies because they're my world right now. Thank you, God, that I have four healthy babies. Thank you, God, for my amazing husband, for my home. Thank you, God, for what you saved me from. And I remember what he pulled me out of and the life that could have been. Thank you, God, that you brought me to this place. And for a few moments, I just start thinking, thank you, God, that you sent your son, Jesus, that we royally messed it up in the garden. And we know we like to blame Adam and Eve, but... Any one of us would have done it. Any one of us would have chosen to try to follow our own way and to find good and evil for ourselves. We still do. And so I just start with that place of gratitude. And 10 times out of 10, I can't help but just begin to worship because then I'm focused on God. I'm focused on the right thing. And so it can come naturally, but for some it's a discipline. Blake has been talking about a little bit about spiritual disciplines and how if it's not a spiritual gift, it becomes a spiritual discipline. Sometimes it's something you have to work at. It's, it's hard to focus. <laughs> and it's hard to focus on Jesus sometimes. But learning to focus on him will give you a greater level of clarity and intimacy with his father. And... I, um, it's almost like meditating. Like it's, it's a practice of the mind. It's a practice to get all the thoughts out because I have a really hard time doing this. <laughs> and, um, I was, I was in the car with Gideon the other day and, um, I go, he was just kind of zoning out and I go, sorry, Gideon's my oldest. He's six years old. I picked him up from school and I go, Hey Gideon, what are you thinking about? He goes, Oh, nothing. And I go, How do you do that? (laughs) Teach me how to do that. (laughs) And he goes, well, you start off, this is his, I don't know if it's actually going to work, but this is what he said to me. He said, well, you kind of just start off thinking about like a bunch of things, and then you just think about a bunch of things until there's just nothing. And I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But it's hard to focus. Um, and so it, ta- it does take some time to really dig in and leave the world behind. And don't worry if your mind takes a little time to do this. And don't worry if your mind wanders at first. Just find it and focus it. It's the same thing as, as um, ca- keeping, catching your thoughts and keeping them cap- captive. It's the same practice, but it's in worship. And so we begin to press in. And we've heard this term. I think it's a bit of a Christian term. But press in. Press in, right? What is pressing in? It means pushing past all the things of this world. All the things that are nagging at you. All the things that we have to do and get done. And it's pushing past those things. 
so that we can get to our creator, so that we can get to the main thing, the thing that matters. And so another thing I do besides just like starting off with gratitude is sometimes I just, I close my eyes and I visualize God on the throne and he does look a little bit like Gandalf. I'm not going to lie, but it works for me. Okay. (laughs) So I just visualize kind of, it's honestly like a little bit silly, but it, it helps me. Okay. So it's like kind of like cloudy and this beautiful big throne. And then a Gandalf-like man sitting on the throne, okay? And it sounds funny, but if I put, if I put my mind on him and I'm thinking, as I'm thinking about this image, I'm visualizing God and I'm visualizing worshiping him. And I'm, um, I'm just like, it focuses me. And it sounds silly, but I mean, it works for me. And other times I focus on, on the cross. I see Jesus on the cross and what he did for me because I don't ever want to take that for granted and I don't ever want it to be something that, oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for me. No, Jesus died on the cross for me and I never want that to get old and so sometimes I just need to focus on him on the cross and what he did for the world and how good and kind and gracious he is. Um, sometimes it takes being out in nature. So just like going on a hike or on a walk in creation. And I, if I just take a minute to look around, even in Nefreda, there are some beautiful, beautiful things. And I look at them and I think, ah, oh, God did that for me. God put that here for me and how good he is. And I'm just in awe. And I let myself be in awe, like a kid. We kind of had to be like a kid again, where like everything, mom, look, a rock. Mom, look, another rock. Mom, look at this rock. Like that's literally our, how our hikes go when we go with the kids. It's all about the rocks. <laughs> but they're always in, like so excited about the rocks. And it's, it's the same thing in us. Like let us be a kid again. Let us be in awe of things again. Of things that we take for granted or we look past. And I, I just feel like if I listen close enough sometimes when I'm um, out, there's a trail at Lake Lenore that I love to take the kids on. And I just feel like if I listen close enough sometimes, I hear almost a song in the wind or the leaves rustling in the trees. I honestly do. And I know, I mean, it might sound hokey pokey, but it, I try it. Try it. You can't say until you try. <laughs> and so again, these are things that work for me, but find what naturally sparks a posture of worship in you. What sparks awe in you and what connects you to a place that you can begin to worship out of and then go back to that place. So why lift our hands? Why sing? Why get on our knees? Why do these things that are embarrassing? <laughs> First, it, it's not about us. Like I said, it's And sometimes it takes doing something that feels embarrassing to get out of the way of ourselves. But more times that doing these things are a physical expression of what's happening in our hearts. And so I've talked a little bit about this before, but it's the same thing with communion. It's not so much like this is Jesus's literal blood and literal body. It's what happens when we remember what he did. And, and then actually doing it as a body together and taking communion 
um, connects us, but then it also connects us to God and to what he did. And so I, I'm a big fan of like, yeah, if, if you feel like getting on your knees or if you feel like lifting your hands or if you feel like shouting or clapping your hands, um, because it's not a show or a performance, when those things happen, it's led by the Holy Spirit. So more ta- so sometimes I'll be singing, I'll be worshiping, and I just get to this place where I'm like, I am so humbled, God. I cannot believe what you did for me that I just feel like I have to get on my knees. And it's not because of the person next to me, because I'm trying to show off. I'm already married. We're good. I'm <laughs> it's not like it's only because I feel like I need to. And I feel like sometimes we feel that way and then we stop ourselves. We feel like singing, we feel like raising our hands, but then we get self-conscious. Or we, we feel like it's dumb or whatever. Get out of the way of yourself and do it. Raise your hands. Show God that, that you love him. And it's not about anybody else. You shut out everybody else. But there's something beautiful about worshiping together where all of us are in utter abandon to God. That's heaven. That's what we're going to be doing for eternity. And so, yeah, who cares what it looks like? It's not about you. It was never meant to be. But something happens to us, like I said, when we do. And so, um, so there's, pri- there's public worship, like I was talking about, that we do corporately here. And there's private worship. And so corporate worship, which is kind of what I've been talking about, is a gift. There's something special that happens when we worship together as a church. Because, like I said, it is a foretaste of heaven. And there's a, an expectancy that happens And there's an anticipation that builds up because we see the faith in others and we see that God is moving and we see there's this yearning. There's a yearning for God and a yearning for God to move. And so I, corporate worship is special. But for me, it's not enough just to worship corporately on Sundays. And so private worship is where I get to ugly cry and (laughs) just like let it all out because I don't I mean I don't think that's for church (laughs) but private worship is where I just bring it all to God so like David in Psalms I'm just like oh I need you and I just lay it all out and so it's it's something intimate happens when we shut the door when we play worship songs or we just worship our king in private and it's no one but you and your creator And so, like, even if you're just playing a worship song, something, okay, if you're driving to work in the morning and you play worship songs, or you're driving to work in the morning and you play some, like, death metal, okay, I guarantee, and you can go home and try this if you want, I guarantee when you listen to worship music, there will be something different about your day than if you listen to something else. Truly. And so, in the same way, There's a private, there's this, like, when I'm worshiping on stage or when when I'm leading worship, it's not just, like, it doesn't just come. It's from years and years of being on my knees in my room, you guys, where the things that nobody sees, where I'm crying out to God. 
And that's what I can worship out of because I have a history. So start that history if you don't have one. Start that place. And I know it's weird at first. It's uncomfortable at first. But I promise you, the more you do it, the more you're going to crave it. The more you're going to need it. Because you see that it changes something. It does something. And so I didn't, I plan, I had planned to talk about worship when Blake asked me to speak today, but I didn't know that it was going to be on a day where there's a worship night. So come to worship night tonight. Um, I just, I'm so excited for what God is going to do. Yeah. That God is going to move and yeah, the worship team can come back up. Um, I just want to give you guys an opportunity to do this, to worship and to just take a moment to shut out the rest of the world. To think about who God is, what he's done, and then to worship out of that place. And um, and then, yeah, to come to worship night tonight. We're going to be praying. We're going to be, like, just, just full expectancy for God to move, for God to do something. And I think there's something special that happens when we worship together as a church family. And so come to worship night tonight. So let me pray over you all. Um, Please, if you would stand up, we're going to sing a couple more songs, give you a chance to worship, but I would love to pray over you. Father, you are so good. You are so beautiful. You are so gracious to us. I pray, Father, that you, Holy Spirit, would begin to bring to mind all the things that you've done for us. God, that we would begin to be so grateful to see that none of it would have happened without you. To see what you saved us from, to see what you're bringing us into. God, that we would turn our hearts and our attention on you. That we would turn outward. That we would not look at ourselves, that we would keep our eyes on you. And God, that you would begin to teach us how to worship. Jesus, teach us how to worship. And I pray against any kind of embarrassment or any kind of um, lack of talent or just thoughts that would come that are not from you, God. That we would see that we are created to do this. We are created to worship. And that we would do it from that place that yearns within us for something more. For something higher. For you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.